ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and tonight we're going to be talking about a very highly anticipated horror movie that just came out this past week, and I have a few special guests here with me. Right off the bat, we have my best friend, the originator of the Down in Front Podcast, Mr. Warren Jackson. Warren, how you doing today? Hello! I'm finally somebody's best friend. I'm very excited. Uh, you know, it's been an honor, and uh, I'm really glad to be here tonight. Great, great. Good to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to finally have you on a fear boner that wasn't a shitty uh, Jigsaw movie. <laughs> I mean, that was a great movie. So, I don't know what Rob or, you know, the guys from the uh, Not Another Gaming podcast talks about, but that was a great movie. Okay, so well, I'm just probably gonna, best you, you of can, 2017. You can escort yourself out. That's That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, and uh, also with us, we've got the uh, the witches straight from Salem back from the missing four one one episode. We have Maddox and Chrissy. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, good, good. Ready to talk yeah. about tonight's movie? Yeah, do it. All right, and we are going to be talking about Hereditary. I know I didn't mention it before, but I hope all of you listening were also very excited about this movie. And now I realized I was just so excited to talk about this movie that I completely skipped our regularly scheduled introductions of what we're drinking and what we're watching. So backwards. Yeah, we're doing it backwards this time just to shake things up, like the movie shakes you up. Warren, you're making a face. What are you drinking right now? I uh, am drinking a Del Shandy, uh, Narragansett Del Shandy. It's pretty much what I'm going to be drinking for the next six months or until uh, hot hot weather is gone. So yeah, (laughs) I'm drinking that. Um, and, uh, as far as I've been watching, I've been watching a bunch of stuff, but I just found out that Mr. Rogers neighborhood is on Amazon. So I will be watching all 659 episodes every (laughs) night while I go to sleep. I'm very, I am very excited for this journey. So this will be the ultimate binge. (laughs) (laughs) That'll actually be like a really good thing to fall asleep to. I imagine. Oh, it's amazing. Yesterday I fell asleep. First of all, I had difficulty sleeping this weekend because I hadn't had a chance to talk to you guys about hereditary, so (laughs) thanks a lot. (laughs) But uh, it was amazing to fall asleep, especially because hereditary and then Westworld kind of messed up my mind, and you know, Mr. Rogers just put me right at ease, so I was really excited. There you go. I'm glad us and Mr. Rogers could help you with that. We're winning this No, not you. No, not you. Just Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Good old old Fred. I miss Fred. (laughs) And uh, what, Maddox, what about you? You're the only one drinking something hard here tonight, so... Uh, I am currently on Sierra Nevada's Little Hazy IPA. Um, it's pretty tasty. As long as it's an IPA, I'm usually good. Um, and I am currently watching Cloak and, De- Cloak and Dagger. Well, the new Marvel show? Yeah. First two episodes, which were really good. Um, I did forget, because it was on Hulu, and it immediately started the second episode... In my head, I was thinking it was like Netflix for like the entire season was already out. Oh, and so yeah. when I got to the end of the second episode, I was like, what do you Shortest mean I have to ever. wait? <laughs> like, what is this wait week to week thing? Yeah, who does that anymore? It's terrible. Old school TV um, bullshit. But it is really good. Like I, I was cautiously optimistic about it, um, even though it was on Freeform. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this channel is. That's... Used to be Fox Family, used to be ABC Family. Yeah. Uh, when I looked up the history of it, I'm like, that's weird. Nobody wants this channel. <laughs> um, but, like, first episode, first ten minutes, you're like, oh, shit, this is how it's gonna be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 
Really happy with that show. Nice. All right, and Chrissy. I'm drinking water. Woo-hoo! Oh, Miss Responsible! You could say that I'm the designated driver of this podcast. Um, (laughs) And I've been on kind of a quest to fill in the gaps of, like, all the classic movies that I haven't seen, of which there are kind of an embarrassing amount. There's a lot of things that, like, I get a lot of shit for not having seen. So this past week... I've started working on the King Kong movies, which I knew I was going to like, so that's not even really worth mentioning. (laughs) But the most surprising thing to me was I watched Dirty Dancing, and I actually liked it. Oh, man. I know. So I never wanted to watch it because my mom liked it. Ah, um it's I love Patrick Swayze. It doesn't matter. I know. I and I love my mom, but my mom also loves the Hallmark Movie Channel. So I was like, nah. Plays that like every other movie. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But it was actually awesome. The music was awesome. The story was fun. The was only... it dirty? Okay, so here's the one thing that bothered me about it is <laughs> that Baby and Patrick Swayze, Johnny, uh, was that his name? Yeah. They touch each other's butts so much before they even, like, kiss or, like, establish that anything is going on. (laughs) The suspension of disbelief that it takes to grab that many butts before doing anything. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. In what world? (laughs) I definitely want to grab Swayze's butt, like, when he was around, like, all the time. I guess that's true. Like, you just take it. Where you could get I, it. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he was used to it. He's like, oh man, there's another woman grabbing my butt. He probably doesn't even feel it. Yeah. He's Welcome dead. to the Patrick Shit. Swayze oh, podcast. A podcast within a yes. podcast. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So. Well, your next one should be Roadhouse if you haven't seen Roadhouse. I haven't. Oh. I haven't. So I'll, I'll report Have it. Have you about seen that. Labyrinth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even know. I was like, maybe she hasn't. I mean, yeah, that that's been a, tragic. That's a fair assumption. <laughs> that's another one where you've just got like David Bowie's package oh, just man. distracting you from everything that's happening. Everything good in the world is yeah. in David Bowie's package. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, oh man, man. Ugh. <laughs> bringing it down towards yeah. the end, man. Sad note to end the podcast. Well, well Abbott, wait, wait, I wait, am Andrew. The host of Fear Boners, <laughs> and I want to bring it back up a little bit and tell you guys that I am Whoa. also drinking water. It is a it is an older vintage though because I poured this glass before I poured Chrissy's glass. You you poured your own I water. I pour my own water. <laughs> Excuse very much. me, I'm an independent woman. <laughs> and I recently watched to counteract the horror that was Hereditary. I watched a shitty horror movie, which was Rings, which was the third Ring movie that came out last summer that just popped up on Hulu. And I was interested in seeing it because I saw that it had Vincent D'Onofrio in it, and he was awesome as the Kingpin and Daredevil, and he was, like, this character in this movie that was really weird. But I hadn't seen a Ring movie in, like, forever, and I think the first one gets a little bit too much credit, because... <gasps> yeah. Hot words. Hot take. We can talk about it another time, because we're running a little long. i you after this. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I would say check it out. It's, it's interesting. It is, it is really shitty. It's not that great. It starts on a plane, and literally the first lines are a guy turning to a girl on the plane being like, Hey, 
Hey, have you, have you heard about uh, that tape that kills people after they watch it? That's literally the first line of the movie, so if that gives you any inclination of how great that masterpiece is. But it did quell my nerves a little bit after watching Hereditary, so check it out, it's on Hulu. And yeah, right now let's get into our initial thoughts coming into this movie. Before we dive right into it, I just want to tell the listeners that we are going to be discussing the film. We are going to be getting into spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie, um, go out, see the movie, come back, listen to the conversation we're about to have, because we wouldn't want to spoil this film for you. With that being said, if you're still listening and haven't seen the movie, fuck you, that's fine. Going into it, Warren, right off the bat, I know you don't generally watch trailers, so you were probably blindsided by this film. On the other hand, like we tend to, to, to see trailers, we get hyped up about it, these things. And uh, I had seen a trailer and I was super pumped about it because it looked just like weird as hell. Now, Warren, I'd like to hear from you first as someone who had not watched a trailer, didn't know what this movie was about, didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Not, horror's not usually your first genre to go to. What was kind of your like introduction to Hereditary? So I definitely heard about Hereditary on a podcast that I normally listen to called Slash Filmcast. One of the users had seen it at South by Southwest, um, and so she had talked about it, uh, being it like, you know, this is a movie that a lot of people should see, and that was all they had on it. So I had no idea any other premise. Like, I never watched a trailer. I don't even think they even showed a trailer. If they did, I'm like, I guess I'm just immune to trailers now. So my initial thoughts was trying to figure out, like, the mystery of what was why did they call it hereditary what was trying to like being brought down i had something to do with like the house or something like that so i thought it was kind of fun i I was really blinded to it so when they started the movie off with like a funeral scene basically i was like okay well this is gonna be a fun you know horror movie and what's up with the daughter and you know it was a lot of confusion but excitement because i enjoy being scared i just a lot of the scary movies that i've seen recently have been pretty terrible so I think the only good scary movies I've seen last, besides Jigsaw, of course, was uh, It. And I think that the 2017 version of It was pretty cool. I mean, it was still pretty cheesy in some moments, but it actually scared me. And I thought was, like, that was pretty cool. So going into Hereditary, I thought it was really interesting. I was trying to figure out the mystery, but at the same time, still very uncomfortable, but in a good way. Because I'm glad that there's some cinema that can still make me feel that way. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess... From our perspective, Chrissy and Maddox, when you saw the trailer, like, what was your your first feeling? Like, were you just like, I want to see this movie? I'm wondering what it's about. Like, did you feel the same? Like, Warren was saying he felt like there was a mystery to it, or did you think it was like... Because I know when I first saw the trailer, I had an inkling. I thought there was going to be certain things that wound up mm-hmm. not being in the movie, but still surprised me. But I was trying to figure it out either way. Yeah, I mean, I take horror movie trailers with a grain of salt because... All horror movie trailers are usually a thousand times scarier than the actual movie. They just put all the most horrifying parts and all of the tension just in that one trailer. So I think more I was going in having heard a lot about it from other people. And I also read some reviews while avoiding spoilers that said this movie is the scariest movie since The Exorcist. So I had super, super high expectations because of that, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Max? So I saw the trailer a few times and 
my takeaway was that shit's gonna be weird. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't really understand what I saw, and I feel like the entire movie is gonna be me having that reaction. And then I saw the reviews start coming out about it, about it being the scariest movie like ever, or scariest movie this year. And I was like, that's kind of weird, because I, as much as I thought the trailer was weird and sometimes creepy, at no point did I ever think it was going to be a scary movie. Um, and to me, it wasn't a scary movie. Okay. So. Okay, fair. Well, I saw it with you last night, and you seemed like you were pretty scared in the theater, so. <laughs> there, 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 were, there were a few jump stairs, but it still wasn't, like, I wouldn't classify it as a really scary movie. Okay. Well, I think... Now that I've seen it and I've, I've, I've read some other people's reviews or, like, I've seen other people talk about it, you kind of have to be careful with the way that you describe the movie. Because, like, you were saying people were drawing um, comparisons to The Exorcist. Yeah. And I hear a lot of people comparing it to, like, Rosemary's Baby and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And once you start comparing it to movies like that, it almost spoils it a little bit because it gives you a, more of an idea what it could potentially be about. Because mm-hmm. I watched exactly. the trailer. Yeah, I watched the trailer a couple times and I was just like, God, man, that little girl is so weird looking. I hope it's all about how weird she is. And it kind of like getting into the beginning of the movie, you're like, yeah, okay, it's about I thought girl. she was going to be the monster, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Which was why I was so shocked by the fact that she dies in the first, like, I don't know, 15 minutes. True, yeah. And that's such a great, that's such a, such a great death. Oh, goodness, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. oh, man. Like, and that's like. You know, the way that I was looking at it was there's there's different horrors that are sort of portrayed in the, the movie and, like, interrupt me if you, you feel the same or you disagree, but, like, there's the horror of loss, like, personal loss. There's a horror of unexpected loss because, you know, you're introduced in the funeral, which is always kind of awkward, especially when you're giving, like, the eulogy. And, like, as a person who's recently dealt with these things, like, I know that's, like, a very uncomfortable situation and mm-hmm. it can be kind of horrifying, you know, to deal with those things. But then at the same time, the character of the mother is like double hit with not only losing her mother, but then suddenly her her daughter and her reactions to both. Like with her mother, she's kind of flippant. It's just like, yeah, well, we didn't always see to eye to eye. And you're kind of catching. That's what I thought. Like going back to your point, Warren, it was like it was kind of a mystery because I did sort of feel the way that it was presented to us. You do get these little snips of. Oh, the way that she said that or the way that was kind of included in the eulogy, it's almost important that we should know that she had like these secret friends and like Mm -hmm. secret meetings and like the way that her mom was and you know even though these things are kind of peppered throughout the movie it's sort of interesting the way that it's handled but then to see her almost about face when her daughter dies and then her her reactions are so much more guttural and emotional and that's almost like her reactions are horrifying to the viewer yeah like you can feel it and it's just like tough to watch especially the way the face that tony collette makes and like the sounds that she makes are just terrifying she was so good in it regardless Uh, of how you feel about the movie she was so good well i was also trying to pinpoint a few of the people that i recognized but couldn't I never realized the cast until I see a movie, and that one kid was the kid from uh, Jumanji. Right? <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah, it was. Peter was, yeah, he was. was one of the kids from Jumanji, the he one who was? winds up being the Rock. Oh yeah. So I kept thinking every time I got kind of scared watching the movie, I'd be like, "If the Rock was in this movie, things would be fine." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how things go. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, I mean, did you guys see sort of the different layers of horror? Like, was it more so the imagery or was it the atmosphere? Was it the acting? What got you the most out of the movie? I know Maddox, you said you're here with your big old lady balls telling us that didn't scare you at all, but what part affected you in the movie? Well, I th- the only parts that scared me really were the ones with like the people in the background and like they did a good job with that um like when she's up in the ceiling of the corner and yeah yeah there like, for a while shit. before there's any type of interaction fuck, um, fuck that part and <laughs> stuff like that is always fun because i saw her like almost right away but you can hear like the rest of the audience oh as, i didn't see her yeah as people start to spot her um you know like people so like creepy move, well, they just be like oh shit <laughs> and then like and in some movies they move past that really fast like You'll see the person appear, and like ten seconds later, they jump out and like do something. What I liked about this movie was they'd be there for a while. Yeah, like, yeah there the were a lot of like, yeah, they would be crazy. looking around, and a lot of the time, nothing happened. Um, they just stood there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, especially when they got to the whole like naked body part. Like, <laughs> there, there would just be like naked people like in the background of scenes, and they would never do anything. And the so you, one scene where it's just the house surrounded by naked people, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so like that, like, that was what got me about the movie. I was like, that's, that's creepy and that's good. And like, I love stuff like that. Um, so you're uncomfortable with nudity, but you also love nudity. Yes, it's, okay. <laughs> it's very difficult for me. Like, wh- watching porn is a challenge. Well, I mean, we were originally going to record this podcast in in the nude, but then, you know, I had a feeling you would be... <laughs> yeah, I, I was like in my car naked on the way over here and I got halfway and I was like, nope, can't do it. Turn around and get close. <laughs> Better put on my podcasting clothes. Yeah, which conveniently <laughs> I keep in the glove compartment. So. Nice. <laughs> and what about what about you, Chrissy? What was like the... I mean, the scariest moment in that movie for me was actually the scariest movie very similar to the scariest moment for me in the exorcist Mm -hmm. so i will give them that so the part where the mom tony collette what was her name (laughs) what's her character's name annie yes yes. Yeah. yeah so the part at the end where she's sort of clinging to the attic door, which is oh, yeah. the ceiling, yep. and just smashing her head into the door. Upside down, yeah. It reminds oh, me it reminds me so much of that scene in The Exorcist where Reagan is like crab walking backwards down the oh, stairs. Yeah. Like that like physical horror where there's like that kind of creepy contortion of people's bodies for some reason freaks me out so much. And that was that was the one moment that like bothers me when I think about it now. Still, that was such a good scene. Yeah, there's yeah. so there's so many little things like that. Like there's all these little nuances that me and my buddy Joe, my old roommate, he um, we bumped into each other in the movie and we hung out last night. And kind of talked about it because you know you needed to talk about this movie so that you could sleep properly afterwards. But the first shot in the movie, there's all these, like, slow panning shots or these, like, zoom-in, zoom-out shots that are, like, really slow and kind of arduous. And the first shot is actually that weird shot where it's out the window and you see that really fancy treehouse and it Mm -hmm. kind of goes slowly out of focus as it still zooms in. And that's the first shot of the movie. Also, it's kind of the last shot of the movie because that's where it ends, in the treehouse. So it's kind of cool because it circles back that way. 
But that's almost the thing. It's like it felt like a longer movie, but like the tension was ratcheted up because even those scenes where you said like people would be hanging from the ceiling or naked people would be chilling out, like they would give you the chance to like examine the whole scene. Yeah. And then see it for what it was and then have that moment. Or they would just have like a little like the tongue click. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. Ugh. Hated that part. Yep. Yeah, so what about you, Warren? What was your what was your moment where you kind of started realizing what you got yourself into? Well, uh, I must be a wimp compared to you guys, because uh, I knew I'd have messed up when uh, after the beheading of it. In uh, well, for the fact that I just like the visual um, sort of uh, things that they were kept doing in the actual movie. To the fact that you know that she they had mentioned this a couple times of, hey, does that have peanuts in it? Does it have peanuts in it? Yeah. So you knew at some point mm-hmm. that that allergy was going to come back and fuck somebody's day up. And sure enough. You know, the algae came back, she's suffocating, she's trying to roll down the window, sticks her heads out, gets decapitated, and just how they kept building on that tension. And then, I I don't know if anybody, uh, did any of you read the uh, little, it's not like a title card, but like the information that was before the movie started? Oh, yeah. yeah. How? Okay, I like missed that or I didn't read all of it. And so I was trying to figure out, like, I think the tension that had built in the movie was, you know... She had said that her brother died by committing suicide, uh, but he was a schizophrenic and how schizophrenia was kind of passed down. And I'm a sleepwalker, so that scared me to the fact that, you know, she's a sleepwalker and to tell a story that she woke up and had paint thinner all over her and her children about to light them on fire. Um, So that was kind of messed up. And I think it was just more like the psychological or how the situational, how things could happen in the movie. And um you're not entirely sure who to believe. Like, is she a trustworthy narrator or not? Right? You can. She's kind of sort of the good guy, but you're not entirely sure if she's actually sane or not. And there was just kind of this whole uneasiness that you have no idea who to trust. And it it, it felt kind of tough because you thought the little girl again was going to be. First of all, she she looked kind of odd, so I wasn't sure if that was like a reason why. So you thought that she was going to be the character and she dies. And so you think that it was going to be focused on the mother, but that wasn't the case. Then you have this other random character that pops up that's kind of helping the mother that you think, but not really. So it's really kind of take you for a couple different turns. And <clears throat> I was definitely kind of along for the ride of, I don't even know who to trust anymore. Maybe the father gets out alive. Nope. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's the so thing. I was like, shit, all right, well, I guess I got to go. Maybe pick, like, Everything's going to be on Peter. Peter's going to live. Peter will succeed. Nope. Nope. <laughs> not, not so much. So, it's like, shit, all right, well, I, I can't trust anybody in this fucking movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing is there's so many, like, there's so many false positives now that I go back and look at it and, like, the way that you guys are talking is there's, yeah, you think the girl's going to be the main character and then, boop, she dies. But then even in that scenario, you think it builds you up to think that the allergy is going to be the worst thing that could happen to her. And then she's, she's clawing at her throat and she's dying in the back of this car. And it's like, that's a terrible way to die. And then it's no, actually no. getting your head knocked off from a speeding car. Hold is my a terrible beer. Way to die. <laughs> and then the thing with Annie, you don't know whether to believe her or not. And then you kind of get this idea that she's sort of tricking herself to believe it. And you can't tell if she's crazy or not that, that co- confrontation she has with Gabriel Burns character at the end, where she just starts to sound legitimately crazy she sort of starts to almost, in my mind at least, transform into being the unsympathetic character because she sounds crazy, but then also, in my mind at least, I was like, no, actually, maybe she's in on this. That's why she's so desperate to get him to throw it in. But then you're like, oh, no, but then she still throws it in. You're like, oh, he'll be fine, and then he still bursts into flames. You're like, what the hell just happened? That that was so great, though. I love that part because you're not entirely sure if it's 
like all these visions that she was seeing was that they already had mentioned the fact that potentially she could have schizophrenia that could be hereditary yeah, yeah. this is where i was going i was like maybe yeah, schizophrenia yeah. is being passed down right you know maybe maybe so so we're not entirely sure what's real what's not and how long has she ever been like like a host right or how oh, long yeah. she's been a medium in her life or this is something that just kind of randomly kind of woke up. So that was also messing with me because you're not sure what's real or what's not. And if that fire, when she first tossed the book into the fireplace, was that there all the time or not? Or every time that we were seeing things through her eyes or only with her and nobody else, you're not entirely sure what's real and what's not. So I thought that like just building that tension continually was awesome. I'm not sure if I loved or hated that about this movie. I walked out of the movie kind of just feeling like I didn't know what it was about because I wasn't totally sure if anything that I thought happened actually happened or if it was just like a schizophrenic episode and all through like Annie's perception of things and I actually like I walked out and was like I have to do a lot of reading about this now (laughs) like I, I like yeah I ended up doing a lot of research of, like, what really just happened in this movie? Like, was all of this real or imagined? What is hereditary? Is it this this witchcraft possession situation? Or are we talking about schizophrenia? Um, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Just... Well, you, te- you texted us like the day before we went to see yeah. it and said, if you guys are confused, read this article. And then at that point, I was like seeing other people's reactions and I was just like, oh man, what am I getting myself into? What is this going to be like? Because there have been hard Don't movies. do it. There have been hard movies in the past where like people have told me and I, I, like, I'll, I'll trust you. And then I'll read, like I very rarely read like a Wikipedia description of this, the plot or like the, the hot points of a movie. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch that one. Is anybody familiar with the movie Antichrist? I feel like I've seen it, but I can't keep all that stuff straight. I feel like that's one of those on those one of those top ten lists of horrible movies like Serbian film and Martyr. Yeah, there's like like I haven't seen Serbian film either, but like I don't think I want to. I don't think I need to, but I probably will eventually. There's a scene in Antichrist where the main character gets like his testicles crushed with a rock, I think, and like some other like really intense stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's as a man, that's kind of horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to see that committed to film, but you know, it's there if I ever feel the need. Um, go back to it. But yeah, no, Maddox, I'd love to hear more about your reaction to this movie. You said it wasn't scary for you. Was it not what you were expecting? Were you expecting more? Did you need more like beheadings? Did you need more? Floating corpses? Did you need more dead kids? What, what did do you, you want? Jesus. <laughs> 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 In a lot of ways, this movie was kind of what I expected it to be, which, for lack of a better term, it was just sort of an artsy horror movie. like. But not like it comes at night artsy. No. It was sort of like... It, it reminded me a lot of The Witch. Um, okay. Like, as I was watching this movie, I was like, this is The Witch all over again. Which... Both movies, I like them. Like, shot-wise, they were beautiful. Like, some of the scenes were just, like, outstanding. And all the actors and actresses performed really well throughout the movie. Um, But I never once felt connected in any way to that family. Um, Mm -hmm. I was like, like, this isn't a, a realistic family at all. And that's not to say because, like, oh, like, movie, you know, it was a horror movie and it wasn't realistic. I mean... You can take outlandish ideas 
like a quiet place, which has all types of plot issues with it, but you still feel connected to that family. Yeah, yeah. their family dynamic was like, a lot. You know, like there's enough in it where like I am committed to this family. It's like I, you have like an emotional impact. I never felt that in this movie. It was always like this isn't how people act. This is somebody who wants to make a pretty looking horror movie and show emotions, but to me, without the characters being real, those emotions have no impact. Okay. Um, so, like, I didn't, like, cry at any point in this movie. Like, when the little girl got killed, you know, I was like, oh, man, like, that's, that's screwed up. And, like, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. like, there was shock in it, but, I mean, beginning of A Quiet Place... I was bawling my eyes yeah. out, and I didn't know anything that, about that, that awesome. kid. You know, like, and that's the difference in how they present characters and how they develop them. So, like, I know they weren't going for that in this movie, which I'm fine with. Like, it was a beautiful movie, but without that, I'm like, these are just people moving around on screen to me. It's just me, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, they might be doing it pretty, but... They're there to be sacrificed. I yeah. agree with that. Some of the characters' reactions to certain situations just really didn't make any sense to me like when peter when the little girl dies peter just drives home parks the car and goes to bed and just waits for someone to find her body and i mean i can't say for sure how i would react in that situation but i don't think i could just keep it to myself i would be hysterical like i don't know it just wasn't realistic to Mm -hmm. me that I think for me at least was one of the one of the more affecting scenes for me because it's like I don't think I would react that way, but at the same time, like I could imagine just because he was probably deeply within shock because he re- like yeah, automatic- yeah. they have that conversation later on where they realize they both blame each other, but like in his head, like what's going through his head, he's like shit, like I just killed her, I was trying to save her, she's dead, and then the the part where he's struggling to look in the rearview mirror, like I was uh. even just like looking, I was like oh god, like what's she gonna look like, and then they like tease yeah. it, but you don't see it, and then. He's in school the next day, and he's still kind of looking out of the corner of his eye, and he's still seeing the rearview mirror in school. That's so great. It's like PTSD. It's like he's stressed out. Like, he doesn't know what to look. And then, like, two scenes later, you just see the decapitated, mutilated child's head on the highway covered in ants. And it's like, oh, you were were tiptoeing around it so hard, and then you were just like, sploosh. (laughs) Here it is. Look at it. Yeah. Oh, man. I thought it was interesting, because at least the part that, you know, when Peter goes back... I didn't realize and I didn't pick it up on until a little bit later of like I guess he's terrified of his mother Annie and yep. they yeah, already have had history before of you know she tried to kill them and he still has like taken that and she had mentioned in the fact that they always been arguing and doing all these things and they finally kind of came out and I'm not entirely sure if this sequence was real or not but she was like you know i never wanted to have you i tried to get I, you know i tried to have a miscarriage and they're basically like hated each other so i was also always wondering the fact that you know if he doesn't tell her if she finds out like a different way like maybe it's like lessons and lessons the blow for him because she already hates him um i don't, I don't know but he, she definitely kind of treated him vastly differently than she treated um her daughter which i thought was kind of weird charlie yeah, which is almost also, like, hereditary that she got from her mom. Because her mom was sort of the same way in that she, like, wanted... She ultimately wanted the son, but got close with the daughter. And that's sort of what feeds into the end, where she sort of forces the daughter into the son because she loved Charlie, but she needed a male host. So it was like... Mm-hmm. It's like that weird dynamic where mm-hmm. you gotta break a few eggs to make the perfect omelet yeah. by the end there. 
So are we at the point now where we can talk about the weird ending and Yeah, we've been we've been hopping around, like spoilers have been flying, so like yeah. I, for me, at least, one of the weirdest parts of the movie is when the like the headless body floats up into the treehouse. That was really that weird. was really cool. That was that was, it was I creepy. That. Yeah, whose body weird. was that? That was, that was Annie's. After okay. she like saw, well, she she saws her head off right. with a piano wire. Oh, that I was, was thinking, that was amazing. Oh, <laughs> that was. I like how they started out slow because at first I thought she was stabbing herself yeah. with knives, and then when she started doing it faster, uh, I was like. That's what she's doing. And then I was like, oh, the piano. Well, that was, yeah, you see the piano smashed in the scene. I didn't notice that. And my buddy Joe pointed it out. And I was like, oh, man, see, it's little things like that. It's like, I was thinking, I was like, where the hell did she get a piano wire? And then it's there previously. Yeah. But it's like, has anybody seen the movie Audition? No. Another Takashi Miike movie? No, I know about it. That, (laughs) yeah, it starts off as like a romantic comedy. And then you find out that this girl is basically kidnapping dudes and sawing their arms and legs off with piano wire. But there's like these long, arduous scenes where she's just doing it. And she just, she has them wrapped and she goes, kitty, 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 kitty. She makes the noise as she's doing it. And it's terrifying. And that's what I kept thinking when, like, even it was such a short scene when she's like, like doing it to her own neck. I was just like, oh my God. Ugh, just get it over with. But yeah, no. I love it. That that ending was just, I feel like it's perfect because it's like slow, 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 punctuated with these like weird, brutal moments, these weird, awkward, horrifying, uncomfortable moments, and then the end is just a shit show. I have a lot of questions from the end, though. Okay, start asking your questions. It's so, like, it's more like questions have just like floated into my brain throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like, that didn't make sense, or like, I wonder... Was the little girl actively possessed? Like cause the it, whole time. I think yeah, so. Yeah, like was that him acting as her? And if it was him acting as her, why was he lacking acting like a weird little kid? Or like, was she possessed and she was acting weird because she had a demon possessing her who was trying to like break free? Like, I, like oh, like who is in control? Yeah. Most of the time, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think I don't think she was possessed. I think she was just conditioned by the mother. And then So she wasn't possessed though because they specifically said that she had to die in order for him to take the son. Yeah. So she was conditioned to basically be the host because Peter actively didn't want to be the host for King Paimon. So they basically conditioned Charlie to be the host, transferred Charlie into Peter, and that's how they were able to, like, relocate Paimon into Peter. At least that's how I took it. Are you sure? Because oh. she cut off a bird's head with some scissors. I but didn't think she kept Charlie yeah, Oh, that's was a good point. Head. She also kept it, too. Yeah, she put and it that in was, like, pocket. very early on and in the she was movie making the she was toys still alive, so. Hmm. So I feel like the toys that Charlie was making, the weird, like, fucked up, like, little piecemeal toys, mm-hmm. they were all weird was sort of her trying to be more like her mom because her mom did those like little people and little towns and she was an artist that did like I thought that was going to be more of a a theme or a plot to the movie but I think that was sort of trying to be like her mom Hmm. yeah I don't what about the scene um that earlier that she like looks off I mean Charlie when she like walks outside and sees the Joan Joni characters like burning something in the field could that been when like she they were resurrected so that then she was possessed after that point? Potentially, I think like ultimately 
what you what you discern throughout the movie, at least I did, is the whole town is almost involved. All those naked people are people you've seen throughout the movie. They like are? That, yeah, that guy who smiled oh, weirdly weird. at, Charl- at Charlie at the funeral, he's one of the dudes whose dick you see at the end of the movie. <laughs> he's got like the weird bleach blonde crew cut. Oh, yeah. So the whole town is the cult. It's not just Joni, it's not just her mom, it's like everybody. I didn't so, think it was the whole town. I think it was a lot of people. I, I think, think it was, it was almost like everybody at the funeral. Yeah, everybody at the funeral. Everybody at the funeral. Potentially some of the people who were in like the, the care group. Like they they were keeping their eyes on them because they wanted this to like go yeah. down. Like it wasn't the whole town. There wasn't that many people. But like, but there was also the part where Annie's in that therapy group and she just goes off about her whole story and she says at one point I gave her Charlie. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well, then, so there's that scene, well, not the scene, but, like, the the one little one that she turns, the, the little people she turns around because she can't look at it is the one where her mother is breastfeeding Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was weird. Hated so that's, that. like, I don't think it's as much as a possession as much as, like, the grandma was basically planning this the whole time, fed all this, like, weird information to Charlie, and that's why she was just weird in general. Like, I don't think, yeah. you know, she wasn't necessarily possessed cutting off pigeon heads. She was probably just cutting off the pigeon heads because, like, maybe her grandma had done it previously for some other ritual she'd showed her or told her about or, like... Yeah, that's hmm. possible. So you felt like at the end of it that they transferred Charlie's soul into the brothers. That's why he was, like... Yeah. Like, clicking his tongue. Uh. Yeah. Because she was more... She was younger and more susceptible to, like, trusting her grandma to be possessed, but they needed... A, like a male, a body. male body. See, I, didn't, I, I just assumed it was a demon. So, yeah, all that is just still just so weird to me. Because I'm like, why would you go through all that and not just get the demon? And I'm like, when does the demon get here or do anything? <laughs> if it's that, like... Yeah. God, the more I talk about this movie, the more I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty straightforward. Well, like I said, like, I, I've read... There were some comics that I've read that have mentioned the resurrection ritual of Paimon, and I knew that... Or Paimon, or whatever it is. I knew there had a lot to be with beheadings and, like, switching heads and, like, doing this weird shit. And so I started saw that coming together in the last few moments, and I was like, is that what they're going for? Like, what? And then they kind of mm. had mentioned it, and I was... Like, I don't know what any of the symbols were. Like, the symbol and the necklace that kept popping up, like, carved on stuff or, like, in books. Yeah. I, um, I just feel like they sort of, like, tacked on, like, all the satanic stuff towards the end, which they obviously didn't because there were hints throughout, like, throughout the movie. But I was like, oh, man, this does feel like quickly. And then <laughs> just, like, thinking about it today, I'm like, well, that didn't make sense. Now they did that or that. And since I perform satanic rituals every week... I'm that's like, not realistic. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's some bullshit right there. Like, you transfer the demon, you don't get the soul of some fucking dead kid and shift it over. Like, Sometimes that's... you just do what works, you know? Like, no. you have to be flexible. About yeah, you these gotta be things. flexible with your satanic rituals. No, no, I agree with you. I I did like this movie, but I didn't really. I wasn't a fan of the ending very much. I I really. I felt like there was just too much crammed into the end, where it's like it probably would have been better if they just kind of left it off a little bit more ambiguous, because I didn't feel like I understood any more about what was going on, even though they spent so much time yeah. on like, that. Like maybe if Peter went up in the treehouse and that's that was where it. it ended. The whole part that, the part that did get to me was when there was that exposition at the end where Joni was like, you are King Paimon and this is whatever. And she's off screen talking at him and he's just like, he's got the Charlie face and it's just like, he's got the Burger King crown on and you're just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Like, part of me still feels like there was nothing supernatural demonic about this, and these are just crazy fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, like, Peter's so fucked up, he's just, like, disassociated. Yeah. Because that was the other thing. She said that her mom had DID, and I was like, yeah, there's yeah. some weird shit that can happen I to you when you have DID. When she, like, channels, like, her, her daughter, like, during the seance, I was like, oh, man, is this going to come out later in the movie where these were all just dif- different personalities that she that was? That would have been cool, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, going back to the title, is that it seemed like Peter was pretty susceptible to all of this. Obviously, Charlie was, and the father who has none of these genetics. Yeah, he was very It's just like, what's happening? I don't understand why everyone's <laughs> freaking out. So that's also kind of why I was like, oh, maybe both the kids have whatever the mom has, and they're yeah. kind of confirming each other's, like, realities, but it's not actually real because the father doesn't seem involved <laughs> in any way. God, that dad was so boring. <laughs> uh, you know, guy, he sucked as an actor. I was like, somebody please kill him already. Gabriel Byrne, mm-hmm. Gabriel Byrne is a master actor. He is great. I think not, he this, was... not in this movie. No. I think well, then, so I guess, I guess one of the questions that I have is, why did the, her brother, Annie's brother, kill himself? So Do we know? They, they say because he was also psychotic and he, had, he was seeing but things. But was... I mean, given that they are all like part of a cult, so maybe they tried the ritual before. Yeah, maybe. And it just didn't go well. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I was I, I wasn't sure if him. he was like trying to stop the ritual or something like that from happening before, and his mother tried to do this with him, and so he was feeling the same way that Annie was feeling in this movie. So he took his own life, and because he was like the male heir or whatever, so then they had to wait to get Peter. Um, but it also, you know, going off of Maddox's point, it just wasn't clear. And so I thought that was going to come back to something, but they just kind of glazed over that component of it. And I was like, well, that was like a big piece. Of, there's a big piece of the pie that I thought, but I they th- just didn't talk about it. I think it's just because they were like, they purposely misdirected people into thinking that she was having a psychotic break. Um, mm. Like they're they're very much like presenting that as how it's going to go out to like fool people who are like yeah. ah like you think this is one of her personalities or you think she's going crazy because everybody in her family does yeah um, so I feel like that was thrown in there to support that fake story arc but it makes the movie kind of messy because they never really address it like all right now that we know that she's not crazy or maybe she is but has like a reason to be like you never went back and did anything cool with that stuff that you used to set this up well and it's possible that maybe all of these people were diagnosed with schizophrenia because they were involved in all this cult activity they were convinced you know they maybe they really were seeing things but you tell a doctor that (laughs) and you're schizophrenic it doesn't matter like you know what i mean so maybe you could make the argument that none of them were schizophrenic all of them were really seeing these things and no one else can yeah i mean we might be onto something there because like now that i'm thinking about it the the brother having killed himself or having been killed depending on what was implied there was the same dynamic there where it was a brother and a sister and Annie got out or like Annie was ignored by her mom or treated poorly by her mom because she couldn't be the vessel for this demon king they were trying to get or whatever. 
and the brother was, but also, if you think about it, like, Annie is this sort of weird, reclusive, like, she keeps to herself, mostly, like, she's very, like, close to the cuff with her emotions, unless she's going to one of these, like, meetings where it's sort of hard for her, but at the same time, she's very artistic, the same way Charlie is, comparatively to, like, her brother, so, like, it mm-hmm. almost goes back to the whole, like, not hereditary, but, like, generational thing, where it's, like, just happening again. Like, maybe this was, they had something in there where it's, like, well, if it didn't happen this way with her brother, it'll happen this generation. Like, they have all these safe, safe things in there to, to make it happen eventually. Did I don't know. I'd have to see it again. Yeah. Did anybody else think that her, like, model houses were crappy looking? Yeah, I, I thought there was like I, was I thought like, there was something that's gonna happen from there, and I guess that was another like red herring or whatever you want to call it yeah. because she just destroyed them all. I'm like son of a bitch! Like oh. you show that house in, like well, every I scene. It was weird. I was like, there's no way like some art gallery is hounding her no. over these pieces of shit houses. I mean, there were there were a few mo- like the the part where it cuts back to after we find that she made the the recreation of the accident scene where Charlie died, and then it cuts back to it the second time, and the head is gone. Yeah. That's when you realize that, like, at least for me, I was just like, oh, the head's going to come back. And then when it showed up on that creepy statue at the end, I was like, oh, God, did it really have to come back? (laughs) What do you guys think the significance of those models were, though? Because that's something that I was kind of trying to figure out during and after the fact. I'm like, they spent so much time focusing on that, and I just can't figure out what the significance was. I mean, like, looking at the models, at least the one that I can remember, there was a car accident scene. Right. There was the the bed scene that they showed, like, she she made a model in which she showed Peter being beheaded on, like, while he was, like, laying down in the pajamas. And she also was writing the writing that was on the wall, I guess it was, like, a satanic ritual. There was another scene that I thought was a classroom of when Peter finally got uh, almost slowly like taken over and possessed by, uh, I guess, Charlie. But I can't remember any other the sequences like after those, but she was like recreating these, and I wasn't sure, and I have a theory to say it in a second, but I wasn't sure if it was like something inside of her that was telling her that, hey, something's wrong or something like that, or was he kind of leading her toward that direction? Because she had no issues with making this car scene, but... Her husband, which, again, was very blah in this movie, was like, hey, I think he's going to have an issue if you, you know, recreate this car scene. So, of course he will, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I was trying to look into that to see if they were, like, giving her, like, if she was trying to tell herself clues. If she did have, like, multiple personality disorder in particular, and one was, like, awake and one wasn't at the time, if that was she was trying to tell her, hey, something's wrong, hey, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was the like the part of her that went to like look at the books and find out that Joni was actually her mother. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was also just kind of thinking about it in a really broad way of like, what is the significance of making tiny scenes in general like to this character? Like, why? Why? Like, it's a stretch. Like Maddox said, it's a, it's a fucking stretch <laughs> that she was able to afford this house, this real house, making those tiny models. They were just dollhouses. Because we never so, find out what he does, right? He's we never know just... what... Yeah, we don't he know... He doesn't what, matter at all. Yeah, we don't know what he does, and she just, like, works on these little dollhouses all day. And I, I was just trying to figure out, like, what is that supposed to imply about the character, I guess. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, there's a few there's a few themes that like I gleaned from it that could potentially be like maybe there's part of her that knew what was going. I think there's honestly part of Annie that knew what was going on the whole time. Not a hundred percent, but yeah. like in this little world where she's making these things happen, it's like she was at one point she was building the funeral and she was putting all the people in there. It's like. And just the, like, right on the nose in the beginning of the movie where she's, like, secret rituals, secret friends. It's like, okay. Like, you're not saying cult. You're not saying, like, it exactly. But you sort of have an idea that something weird's going on. Mm -hmm. So she was always kind of paranoid. But then when her actual transformation occurs after the, the father is burned down and she has that great moment where she's screaming and then her face twists back to, like, plain resting bitch face and she's suddenly someone else. Like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, who was she supposed to be at that point? Was yeah. she supposed to be her mom? Who took her over at that point? Or what took her over at that point? Was that the demon? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think the movie really bothered to ever try and explain that. Because I assume at the end that, like, she basically was punished by her death. Yeah. For possibly trying to stop this from taking place. Like, maybe yeah. the reason why she tried to set her kids on fire was because she knew that oh, one definitely. of them was going to be... There was be, something subliminal. Like, so, like, that was her thing. She sort of knew what her mom was doing, and she was kind of trying to stop it. And well, the, moment the with result the... was that she failed and had to shove a piano wire through her neck. The moment with the note in the book, where the mother actually wrote, like, Annie, I'm so sorry, but you'll see, like, all these sacrifices are going to be worth it. Like... And it's almost, yeah. like, it's almost implied, like, she has that, like, shivery moment where she's like, oh, God, is this a suicide note? Or, like, does she actually, in that moment, click and realize, like, oh, shit, this is the beginning of the end. Like, I know what's going to roughly happen at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I need to see it again. I feel like there's little things I didn't pick up on, but... No, Warren, you're shaking <laughs> your head. You don't need to see it again? That... No, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need it. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but do you guys, did you think at all if, you know, the Steve character, uh, the father, um, did you think that he was in it at one point and that's why he was so, I, I just, I guess he's so like relaxed about everything that was happening for it. He's, he's just, I was this... thinking like maybe he was like a part of it or something. I think he was just the sperm bank. That was, <laughs> that was his entire role. He's just the super skeptic. That's always been the role of the husband and stuff. Like, remember, yeah. uh, like on that show, A Haunting, it's always the husband that's to the wife. It's like, no, you're just being silly. There's no ghosts here. And then the house burns down. Yeah. It's like, no, there were ghosts in there. I, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I <laughs> did think that at one point, um, going to, you know, the multiple people that's in Annie's character... I, I, I did have, like, a theory of this was... She knew what her mom was doing, and her brother warned her, and her brother took his life because of it, and Annie got pregnant accidentally with Peter, and so tried to kill him and have a miscarriage. That didn't work. And then tried to come back and kill them again, kill both of them, because he, she knew what her mom was going to do and kill both of them, yeah. and that didn't work. And so that's, in the end, it was inevitable. I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, it's possible that she wasn't even sleepwalking when that incident happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, maybe she's disassociating and she's trying to, like, not admit it. But Or she's just lying. Or she's just lying. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like she was... The way that she played it off, it seemed like she was lying. Yeah. So... Because she just... But he was all, it was also interesting because, you know, Steve, the father character, had said that... You had had this moment before. There was like an, an episode or a, a thing that he had before, and he even emailed the uh, psychiatric ward, I believe, or something like that. So there's like some missing story that we had that I don't. I think it's separate from the 
potential burning scene. I don't know. And we never find out who actually dug up the grave. That's just assumed that it was the cultists, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma's grave. Yeah. Which was sort of like a wasted... I mean, I guess it was... That was one of the subplots that was used to build up the fact that she's crazy. Oh, yeah. But the dad knew that the grave had been, like, fucked with the whole time. Yep. And didn't say anything. Until the end. It doesn't make sense. That's why I thought he was in it. Yeah, that that was... Yeah, I get what you're saying. He wasn't. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, he just burned alive. All right. (laughs) Yeah. He can't be a part of this. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Maybe they turned on him, but... I mean, I think he's just one of those characters who, like, his ignorance ultimately killed him. Yeah. Kind of things. Like, he should have been more concerned that this body was dug up amongst the millions of other things that were going on. Um, I would have gotten the fuck out of there <laughs> a long time Immediately. Ago. Yeah. Taken my children and left. You had so many here's your sign moments where it's like, when do you get the fuck out? Oh, yeah, maybe... The, the first time that the body disappeared. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I think for me, at least, like the weird, the almost disjointed part for me, or the part that turned the movie for me, was obviously when Joan, Joni, or Joan, or whoever comes back, and she's like, "Wait, you need to." When she approaches her in the parking lot, and she's like, "Mediums, like ghosts, all this stuff," and she has that moment where she doesn't believe her, but she's. Annie's reaction to that is kind of weird because she makes a bunch of different faces. Like she's gonna laugh or she's gonna like dismiss it completely. Mm-hmm. But then the whole scene where she's talking to the little boy and he's drawing on the chalkboard, there wasn't a little boy, so that was the demon just being yes. like also writing like love L U V and mm-hmm. you it was yeah. just it was like this weird toasty scene from like a you know, like a friendlier movie wedged in the middle of this yeah. really dark movie. And then, ultimately, when she goes and does it with her family, it just, like, breaks down. Husband's pissed off and starts yelling, and Peter's just crying like a little, little child. Because she has that moment where suddenly Charlie's voice comes out of her, too. Yeah. yeah. And that was weird. But, yeah, as soon as, like, the whole medium... Like, I was surprised they didn't bring out, a like, a Ouija board or something. It was just the glass. <laughs> I thought, was I, the glass I thought they were going to do Ouija for sure. <laughs> yeah. Another Ouija movie. That's what we need. Another yeah. Wii U be I like how they dodged around it though, because they're like, put your hand on the glass and but there's nobody else pressure. pressure. I'm like, that's the same thing. It's a Ouija board, you just guys just don't have the board down. Like, <laughs> not that clever. I mean, the the worst part about that whole thing for me was the chalkboard, because chalk is the worst. (laughs) Like, I was almost most (laughs) upset about that because I don't like the feel of it. I don't like the sound of it. Like, I, the only, that was the only time in the movie that I, like, audibly gasped. I'm like, no, chalk. chalk. (laughs) But, um, that's just So was I, was I, I guess I was the only one that thought that Joni was talking about her grandson, which would have been the children from Annie or potentially Annie's brother that would have been potentially like died that they didn't quite talk about. Was I, was I on the wrong path entirely? And that was just not true because that's what I was thinking. Wait, so earlier you also said that you thought that Joni was Annie's mom. Did you say she that? was? I thought I thought she was her younger version of her mom. That's not true. A no, she was her friend. Yeah, no, she was a, in the photos. They're like in the they're like in the cult together. I thought that it was like a younger version of her mom, and she like didn't she didn't like recognize her because she was like young until like later on or something like that. No, see that's she what, didn't age. 
when I first saw the trailer, that's what I thought it was going to be some, like, weird resurrection thing where, like, Charlie was going to wind up being, like, the grandmother growing back up, being, like, creepy. I thought that was going to be a thing. But no, like, Joni was somebody completely different. Oh, damn it. Okay. The, I'll the grandma was literally just, like, loaded corpse in the attic that turned black and got all gross. Yeah. Wait, so that was her mom's corpse in the attic and not the corpse of Charlie? Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. the mom's corpse. The only thing that they had of Charlie was her head. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because then Charlie... They never said that Charlie's grave was ransacked, but they did get the call that the grandmother's grave was ransacked. But you think that the place, probably the same graveyard, would be like, shit, it happened again! Guess <laughs> <laughs> right. you get that double so much business this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. At one point towards the end of the movie when, I don't know, one of the scenes started to kind of bore me, and I started thinking, I was like, oh man, what if this is the White family from Get Out? Like, what if this is an alternate <laughs> crossover? Or they do some, oh. like, failed ritual, and then, like, shit, if I move to Connecticut or wherever and start this again. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is there were, like, as, as, you know, cool as it was, I feel like there were a lot, like, the guy who made this movie, this is his first feature-length film, and for that, I think it's really great. He's done a bunch yeah. of short films before that. But oh, yeah. First feature-length, amazing. But there were certain things, like, it was, for me, at least, kind of leaning into um, Paranormal Activity, those yeah. films. Because there is, like, if you watch those in the chronological order that the story actually takes place in, it's almost the same thing. Like, all the women in the family are trying to resurrect a demon, but then, like, it's sort of a scene in some of the still frames and stuff like that, and you have to watch the stuff very carefully. So it's, like, similar, but different. But it was still, yeah, like, I, I enjoyed it. So I guess, yeah, we can we can start wrapping it up with our final thoughts did we overall like this movie? I know, Maddox, you're sort of leaning now towards you hate this movie. I'd give it a B minus. Okay. <laughs> I think if I think if you like movies like The Witch, you're gonna love this movie. Okay, um, so you'd recommend people go to see it. Yeah, but yeah. if you saw The Witch and you're like, that was dumb, probably not gonna like this movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. I liked it. It didn't live up to the hype, I don't think, but I did like it. And I do think that because of the hype combined with certain specific moments in the movie, it does have the potential to become this, like, iconic horror movie, like, of our time. Just because there were so many iconic moments. Charlie's death was so just, like, slaps you across the face. Like Um, Like a light pole, would you say? (laughs) shit I I walked right into that telephone pole um yeah (laughs) yes though like that like people are gonna remember that I haven't seen every horror movie in the world but I've never seen anything like that so I have to really give it to them on that front I did see some things that I've never seen before and a lot that took me by surprise. So More penises than I thought were going to be in that film. Yeah. Not enough, actually. <laughs> I wanted more. Not, wanted enough more. For, not enough penises for Warren. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was the penis count in that movie, would you say? I would say probably... 16 and a half. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is that the number or is that, that the cold. amount of inches? That was the number. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't know how close it was to your thing. How did I get the half? I don't know how I got the half. I'm sorry. I mean, towards the end of that movie, there were a lot of half a, a lot of things. <laughs> and what about uh, what about you, Warren? Would you recommend what? people go check out this movie? 
You know, I would probably recommend people to check out this movie, but if you do go into the movie, don't read anything, don't look at anything, don't watch anything, kind of go into the movie blind. I feel like that's the best way that you can have, like, uh, uh, unadulterated um, version of it. I think it's a really interesting sort of story to kind of follow upon, although it kind of ends a bit messy after you all sort of talk about it. Like, being on that journey and being on the ride was also very interesting. And I think one of the moments that really culminates to, holy shit, what the fuck did I just watch, is when he, uh, you know, Peter finally gets possessed in this classroom and, like, breaks his own face, basically, or gets into yeah. the desk and starts freaking out. And that's, like, a, just a terrible and a difficult scene to the fact that majority of the time this stuff happens when nobody's around, right? And you know that, okay, it's whatever. But that happened when he's, like, right in public in school and he couldn't do anything. And he's like, why is he raising his hand? He starts wheezing as if he has, like, the allergies and all this shit. You're like, oh, my God. So check check it out. I'll say definitely watch it. Yeah, it's probably a great date movie. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Great date movie. Heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's probably a great date movie. So, uh, yeah. Probably. All right. Well, great. No, I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to process this and, you know, express our feelings and get get those things out into the world. And I yeah. feel a lot better now. Thanks, Do guys. Do you feel more yeah. settled? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I want to thank all my guests for being here on Fear of Boners. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in again. And we can start with our, our extra special guest, uh, Warren, my, my bestest buddy, who's apparently never podcasted Woo! before. <laughs> Aw. Where, where Thanks, can, man. Where can, where can these people who have definitely never heard your voice before find more of your work? Uh, well, you can find me uh, hanging out on the sound waves of the podcast, uh, decapitating people and making hilarious uh, replicas of them in a miniature form. <laughs> on uh, Check out our website, downinfrontpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of different things on there, as well as our Twitter, at underscore DIFP. As long as like any sort of Facebook, Spotify, like you name it, we're going to be there. So definitely come check us out for Down in Front Podcast. This is our birthday month, so thank you for everybody for that, because we are three years old, and we can almost drink. So we are really excited about that. <laughs> so check out our work. <laughs> great. No, that's great. Uh, speaking of birthdays, no. we actually have <laughs> we actually have a Segway. <laughs> a special quinceanera we're celebrating this year. <laughs> Happy birthday, Chrissy! Your birthday's tomorrow, yeah. Uh, and I promise you, you get a shout out. You could say whatever you wanted. You can obviously plug yourself and what you do. So here you go. Take it away. Ooh, the the open endedness of that gives me a lot of anxiety. As does turning 29, <laughs> which I feel like Ooh, is nice. just an age riddled with, you know, regret and feeling like you should have done X, Y, Z by now. And when I, when I think about what I feel like I should have done by this point, the only thing that's kind of upsetting to me is that nobody's asked me to be on Drunk History yet. <laughs> so Yet. Yet. But now I'm throwing it out there on the most public platform that I have access to. Um, you heard it here first. Drunk yeah. History. Get on it. Yeah. I'm a photographer, which has nothing to do with being on Drunk History. But you can contact me about it through my website because I don't feel like I should say my phone number <laughs> on a podcast. Um, so you can check out my work and cast me for Drunk History through lckites.com or matchboxstudiosphoto.com. I know a lot of stuff about the Salem Witch Trials 
and Greek mythology and ancient Egypt and dinosaurs. Yeah. You're just going to have to drunkenly talk about all those things. I thought you were going to say you were, you were upset that you hadn't joined a cult yet. Oh, who said I haven't joined a cult yet? Oh, we'll see. That's what we, we actually need <laughs> to figure out. That's the theme of the night. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, and Maddox, how about you? What what are you up to on the internet these days? Tell tell the people who are eager to hear it. I'm not going to tell them anything because podcast, and I don't want any of them to follow me because they're probably weirdos if they're listening to our podcast. I mean, let's be real. I talk to um, a lot of very nice weirdos. I don't talk to people ever. Yeah, I mean, I mostly just do these podcast occasionally with you that's where my exciting life is at these days <laughs> maddox is a lot like the ending yeah. of hereditary <laughs> like not sure a total what's shit going show. on don't know no that's not what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's I was like that's though. not good yeah <sighs> this is what you had look to look forward to when you're 32 so you you have only a few years left i'm gonna before get <laughs> you're like Fuck everyone. So, <laughs> in other words, do nothing. Talk to me while you still can, because I'm gonna slowly fade into the abyss very shortly. Aren't we it's all? It's a really nice abyss, though. I'm okay I with it. Say, I'm okay with it. I'll see you there. Really loving this abyss. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, thanks so much for tuning in uh, and listening to us and struggling through our bullshit. As Warren said, you can find the Down in Front podcast everywhere. Internet is sold on the internet. We do now have a Twitter um, running in tandem to the underscore DIFP Twitter. We also have at Fearboners DIFP. Um, and you can also email us directly to complain or to give us more ideas or tell us what movies to watch or tell us what you thought of Hereditary at FearBonersDIFP at gmail.com. Um, and that'll go directly to me and wake me up probably in the middle of the night because I'm waiting for your email. Uh, you can also find out more about us on Patreon as well. Uh, if you do like what you hear, we do it for absolutely free. And we do it for you guys because we love you, we love movies, and we love to hear what you guys think about these movies. Um, and if you want to help us in any way, you can check that out there. So with that, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Thanks so much. Fear Boners will be back before you know it, and we'll be scaring you later. Did we say bye? Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.